Well, I mean, it is different, but it isn't different because we're still sitting at a table sharing a mic. Yeah, but we're not. We're actually in the studio. Only problem is, as you can see over in the corner, we've got all the uh, acoustic panels that are going to go up. Oh, but they're not up yet. So if it's a little echoey, and, and I couldn't fix that in, in post-production, I'm sorry, but we'll get there. Yeah, so we're not around our table at home. We're around, uh, yeah, it's very official. They're like, you know, 1,400 mics. No, oh, well, no, just four, but still. Lots of different mics and headphones. we got a soundboard over here. I mean, this fancy. Which I have no idea how to work. <laughs> so. so again, if this doesn't sound right, you just let us know. Anyway, so uh, did you, uh, have, you, have you seen any news this week? It's been a big week. <sighs> it's been a big week, yeah. There was the State of the Union. Fell asleep during that. You did fall asleep during the State of the Union. Yeah, because it wasn't the State. When he said it was um, stronger than ever, I fell asleep because I was like, nah, not doing it. But I hear Nancy Pelosi just ripped it up. She ripped did. Ripped it up. She did. I, I ran back upstairs to see if you saw that and you were already snoring. And you missed I the, saw it the next day. The Rush Limbaugh um, rose ceremony when Melania gave Rush Gave Limbaugh. him a rose? They're going to get married? Well, they, they gave, she gave him a, uh, the Medal of, of Freedom. What? Potential. You didn't see During this? the State of the Union? Yeah. Um, and he acted that's surprised, not, too. Isn't that what Ellen got? No, Jesus. This is like, a, like Rosa Parks. <laughs> not Ellen. No. Ellen did not get the... Go ahead. Typey, 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 right, typey. You, you write while I'm typing. Okay, so Rush Limbaugh. Presidential. What, is he dying no. or something? He is. Okay, don't... Oh, don't I didn't know that. Yes, he, he is dying. She, she did get a medal. Oh, that's right. She did, but not during the State of the Union, so that's different. And Rush Limbaugh? Oh, my gosh, I had to listen to him growing up. Not a fan. I, I, I didn't realize Ellen got it. But that was your first reference, not like... That's the most recent, isn't it? Oh, I mean, no, he gave it to Tiger Woods or something, didn't he? I have no idea. You give one a year? I think you can give him whenever. Oh. Like, Melania had this one in her pocket. Anyway, and then... uh. We had the prayer breakfast yesterday, National Prayer Breakfast. The family. The family. That's we a need great to catch. It's real. It's really good series. There's it's some, hard for us to agree on a show too, and so if we both like it, that's saying something. There's some conspiracy theory side of it, which know, I love. Yeah. that's why I like it. Well, it also implicates you know people like our Mark Sanford here from South Carolina, all kinds of. I'm okay with that. What's the gist of the, of the show? Of the family. Yeah. That there is a religious group that is housed in Washington and influences elections. Yeah, and it's, it's <laughs> basically kind of a wrapped like the, the National Prayer Breakfast idea was kind of like the the marketing outreach for this group. Right. And they they do want a huge mansion and people go there to pray still and people like Mark Sanford. Men. Men go there to pray. Yeah. There's another house of women. Occasionally they have the young men and the young women have mixers. So you can find a prepper wife for this That's political right. career you're going to have. So it's kind of like F3. Or <laughs> Wait, there is a, a separate one. F3 is the guys, but what is the girl? There is a girl's. Via? Via? Something like Something like that. Because like I asked if I could join F3 and I was denied. Well, yeah, because you have the wrong body parts. Apparently. Um, but so at the prayer breakfast, did you see, you didn't see any of that yesterday? I'm guessing they were laying on a pans. Well, so... That's pretty common. The presiding speaker, Archon, whatever, got up and uh, gave, a, gave a brief speech, and he included um, some, some snippets of, of, of uh, scripture, as you, as you do. As during, you do at the National, National Prayer, Prayer Breakfast. Breakfast, right. 
and one of the things he said was, um, "We're a Christian nation. God bless us all." No, you know. <laughs> but, I mean, yeah, but he also included, um, you know, let's be civil, love your enemies. You know, kind of read some out of Matthew. You know, that was a high honor for um, Rachel Held Evans. She got invited to the National Prayer Breakfast to sit at Obama's table. Really? Yep. I knew that. Yep. Um, yeah, so he, uh, he he gave this kind of invocation to, like, love your enemies and, and that sort of thing. And this was the morning after Trump was, you know. Acquitted. Acquitted, right. right. Which we all knew was going to happen. So he... Uh, Trump, Trump got up and um, basically said, um, yeah, here it goes. This is, uh, I'm going to link this. This is from Christianity Today. I'm sorry to my woke liberal friends. Uh, this is the first article that popped up. When Brooks finished his speech on mending political division by loving your enemies, the president, his voice hoarse, and it was really hoarse, and he was <laughs> sniffing a lot, too much Sudafed, uh, approached the podium and opened his remarks by lamenting that he and his family have been gone, have been put through a terrible ordeal by some very corrupt and dishonest people. Uh, then he took shots at people like uh, Mitt Romney, and um, and and went back, you know, to the Russia hoax and all that kind of stuff. So and, th- and then he said, uh, "I don't like people who use faith for justification for doing what they know is wrong. Nor do I like people who say I pray for you when they know that is not so." And Trump said, no, you know, uh, Brooks is not going to like this, you know, Pastor Brooks or whatever, but, you know, I have a hard time with the whole turn the other cheek, love your enemy thing. That's not the, the kind of person I am or the kind of president that people want. So basically... He undermined the whole thing that he said? Well, no, I mean, he, he was, like, contradicting scripture, <laughs> you know? It doesn't matter, though. I know, but... Evangelicals will still vote for him. Well, you know, I, I don't care that he doesn't believe what I believe, but I, you know, he, he's he's protecting us. So that's that's the no. He was chosen now. by God. Well, yeah, that's the Cyrus argument. Right. I told you I saw that bumper sticker yes. at Chick Fil A with the. It was like a Trump Pence. Oh, so many people. Sticker. God can use anybody. God can use anybody. Yes, uh, a molester. Uh, Isaiah forty-three. Okay, good, uh, good. King Cyrus. Anyway. Okay, so this is interesting because I, I did see the meme where it was like, how many of you love somebody who doesn't agree with you politically and there are all these hands raised except Trump? Yeah, yeah. Right. Because Trump right. only loves himself. But I will say this, the ret- the rhetorical device that he's using of saying me and my family have gone through a terrible ideal, uh, ordeal, excuse me, is something that will resonate with evangelicals because they want to be the victims and the martyrs. Well, and... It, it's one of those things. Plus, if you're suffering, then that means you're in God's will. Perhaps, yeah. But that's one of the things that, yeah, I mean, uh, both of us having grown up in more conservative Southern Baptist households and communities, um, when I talk to my, again, woke liberal you know, Twitter reading friends, there's a lot of, you know, how, how do you even talk to people like that that, you know, feel that way? Or, or how, do you, how do you get them to come to their senses? You know, you can't you can't talk to them, so it's okay to talk down to them, or it's okay to, to uh, talk about them behind their backs, right? You know yeah. that kind of thing. And my argument always is that if you kind of hop in with the "Oh my God, you're such a redneck idiot," whatever mindset, it, it feeds into that very real psychology or psychosis that that is kind of there already mm-hmm. that's kind of put into you at birth that you're too academic or you're too well no no that, that yeah you, you know talk down politically to me and correct. make me feel like i'm stupid but that all you're doing is kind of playing into that inferiority mm-hmm. 
porn, you know, like that. That, need that they to, love. Yeah, that need to feel like, oh, yeah, you know, CNN's out to get us. Or, yeah, also, yeah, and the persecution. Right. Right. And, and, and I don't think people, you know, on the left or the progressive side or whatever, really understand that. No, that why, they're just playing into it. Yeah, and, and that's why Hillary Clinton did not win in 2016, and I've said that from the beginning. And the whole deplorables thing yes. really sunk her. So, like, on my prepper channels and on you know, my little fun tactical, you know, little... Prepper channel sounds a little like mm, Secret Society the Family. It, well, yeah, I mean, there's I mean, we... some of that. <laughs> but, yeah, in, in our little prepper porn cosplaying world, you know, where we got all of our patches and stuff... Still today, there's a, a lot of like patches that say like deplorable or, you know, I'm a deplorable or I'm, you know, whatever, like playing off of what Hillary Clinton said about Trump voters in, in 2016. But she, didn't she he use the like same? of Americans are deplorable. Didn't, and, yeah, but didn't Trump use the same term for deplorables for people who were immigrating in to the United States or trying to? It doesn't matter what he says. <laughs> you know, like it's not. It just matters what Hillary says. It, yeah, it's, it's the branding that comes from the outside. Right. It's not the self-branding. Right. So the, it, it is very interesting, and if you think about the fact that um, women who are Hillary's age were the highest percentage white women supporters of Trump, and many argue were the people who got were the demographic that got Trump elected. This makes sense, doesn't it? Yeah, I mean. So, so women who didn't have degrees like Hillary did or weren't woke in that sense responded against her being an educated working mom. Well, and someone who they perceived as talking down to them. Correct. And that's a big thing. Right. So that's what I'm saying. It's, it's, you know, before you hop into that kind of dialogue, make sure you're not just literally Well, and I think, I think that this is also a, a false binary because how can you talk to those kind of people? Well, I can talk to them because my, they're my family. Like, literally, these... People are my family, the people that share blood with me. So I can talk to them because uh, I've talked to them my whole life. I've been in that community my whole life. But there are other things humanly that unite us, like we have small kids or our kids won't sleep at night or we've been in the doctor's office. I just think that it's a little bit abstract to say, oh, I can't talk to somebody who doesn't agree with me politically, because certainly you have some kind of human experience that you can share with them. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's true. I just, uh, at the same time, I'm, I'm not the, the type of person, I mean, you you hear me yelling at the TV when a politician does something, I think it's boneheaded or, you know, not, not great for their marketing. Like, with this Iowa caucus debacle and, and the uh, results not coming out, you know, and Wait, are they even out yet? Technically, it's 100, percent and <laughs> but nobody's sure. Went by two SDEs, no. but uh, basically, they've said like, no, there's no way we'll ever really clearly know who won. Great between Pete and, and Sanders. So you know. So, would, do you oh, think that would have been the same thing if the top two had been Warren and Biden? Yeah, I mean, I, I think whatever. I don't think there's a conspiracy behind it. I think the Iowa Dems oh, just I really screwed it up. I think there's a conspiracy. I think Warren, if Warren and Biden had been showing at the top, those results would have come out the night of. Well, the, the issue wasn't with the way that the app was built and everything. They had two and a half months to build this thing. And the, the, the company that did it in 2016 was paid uh, well over $1.5 million. Ah, it. Do you think you could have done a better and job? They, and they had a year and a half. Oh, my gosh. And they said they, it, they took three months at the end just to do the testing, and they were still working 80-hour weeks. The company that did it in 2016, they had no issues because it was, you know, you get what you pay for. So they paid this other company this year 63000 
Oh my gosh. And they had two and a half months to build it, which is insane. I can't, I mean, building a, a church website in two months is, you know, kind of a quick, Turn quick job, right? Because you've got to deal with so many constituents. So I can't imagine doing that for an app, you know, for something like a caucus. I feel like you're about to hit me in the face. We're sitting pretty close. I'm well. You are. This is not the environment to do that. Sorry. So the, uh, <laughs> the same thing with, um, with that. I mean, I, I can see why people are attracted to, like, Bernie. Mm. Bernie Sanders and, and just kind of that burn it down, you know. Let's let's restart the system and, and go for Medicaid for all and tuition forgiveness and well, let's you know, the, equal out some of the wealth that is like so. Oh, yeah. So you, you've got that okay, really so- side versus you know kind of the Biden Pete kind of middle of the road. Let's let's get together. Let's let's battle for the soul of the nation. As Biden's thing, Pete is all about kind of the 2008 like hope, hope and change. And well, not really change, just kind of hope and and you know kind of unity. Bringing every, bring, you know, reaching yeah. out to those Republicans, yeah. we can win back those Republicans in rural Iowa, which maybe. But you know the idea of which path is the Democratic Party going to take is very similar to what we're talking about with kind of like reaching across boundaries. Like, yeah, you can talk to those people, but. You've got to do so in a way that's not, I don't know. Not okay, so this is interesting because when we had the flood, which is... Citrism is dead. That's all I'm saying. <laughs> Let me get that in. Moderate politics trial. So taking this kind of to a theological level, because that's what I do. 2015, we had the historic flood here, which we were all reminded of yesterday. The, the schools got out early. There were tornado watches. There was everything that was going on. And one of the things that I remember about that is that it didn't really matter what denomination you were or what side conservative or liberal or progressive in the kind of theological field you were. Everybody was willing to give something to help somebody who had lost their home. Even if there were people who were poverty or the people in Lake Catherine who had higher means but didn't have flood insurance, there are some things that are unifying humanly as an as a <laughs> experience that where theology just really doesn't matter. Yeah, I mean, it's, you know, it's kind of like the, the Gandhi statement, you know, don't talk to me about Jesus when my stomach is empty. Right, and so one of the things that I always try to do is find some common ground somewhere. So even, like, for instance, my parents who don't theologically agree with me, they can support something that's going to feed hungry children, And we don't have to have any theology about that. We don't have to have a theological discussion about that because they believe that children shouldn't be hungry. They should have access to food. But I think you should have a – like that's – I mean not to talk about our personal lives, but, you know, when we go places and, and, you know, we walk in and it's like, okay, you know, first rule, take off your shoes, second rule, no theology talk, you know, like – Everything's theological though. Yeah, exactly. Like I look at the world through a lens of faith and theology and, uh, you know, other things. Like that's part of my identity. And to shut that off is like shutting off a part of me, you know, so it's like... Chopping off your arm. Or other appendage, you know, so it's like... That's a, that's one of those, right? Yeah, Sexual kind of, innuendos that I'm... A euphemism, yes. But it's kind, of, <laughs> it's kind of, it kind of neuters me, you know, because it's like, well, I can't talk about this because talking about Trump at the prayer breakfast is inherently theological because of how I look at the world. Um, okay, but I'm going to give some people some inside scoop about you. What's that? You're a very passionate person, and yes, you do yell at the marketing people and the branding people, especially in the Iowa caucus. But I'm not going to yell at your family. I'm not going to yell at people in real life. That's what I was going to say. You are a very gracious, generous person to everybody you meet. Yeah, and that's why I like Bible studies. And it doesn't matter what they believe or, or if they believe 
opposite of everything you believe, you yeah. can still have a civil discussion with him. I can still watch NASCAR and drink, you know, cheap beer and still you do watch nascar that is <laughs> what i'm saying you're like oh wait let's watch nascar that's or, not yeah, that's not a stretch for you let's compare knives you know that kind of stuff that's what i'm saying you find this common ground with people but so all, all, the, all that to say i don't think you have to shut off the theological theological or political or sports whatever you know like i i hate this part of our culture now that that just says like oh well we're not going to talk about that because that's going to be controversial and we're going to have a great you know family dinner here so okay so that's i i agree with that back in the day we could talk about those things civilly we can't do that anymore not because of trump or because of hillary or whatever it's because of us and we live in a world where if we can't put it into 140 characters if we can't make a you know instagram story about it it's not something that we want to communicate well everybody's dumber for it well yeah okay but i'm gonna also challenge you in that um and i just preached on this a couple of weeks ago there are some people who are willing to have their faith and religion challenged and other people's who aren't no everybody is no no i I think i think we've we've taken a a dangerous turn It, it goes back to my thing i always say the certainty of faith is a box that some people can't chip at to see what's underneath. They can. And, and I think part of it, it goes back to my thing, like the, the role. They can. I'm not saying that, that church has to fulfill this role. Here's your Mayor Beat Hope speech. Something has to fulfill this role where once a week you get dressed up, you comb your hair, <laughs> you, you put on makeup, you know, if you're about that person. No, Sam does. He's got some nice eyeliner that I he do, wears to church. My foundation. You know, it's, I mean, you're in front of the camera. It's, you don't want to sweat. Um, and the... the you know, the, the idea of, like, you going someplace to sit down, shut your mouth, turn on your ears and your eyes, and listen and see and realize you're not the center of the universe and that you should love one another. I mean, Donald Trump did not go to church as a kid, and I think— He doesn't go to church now! Right, but he, you know, when he when asked his favorite Bible verse, it's eye for an eye, which is stupid, you know, because— <laughs> not, it, Anyway, so it, it, it's this brutalistic— kind of lens on using religion to achieve your means, which is what we're all doing when we don't sit down and go to church and worship, or whatever your persuasion is. If you're Wiccan, if you're Buddhist, if you're Hindu, Meditate, center, meditate, whatever. Right, go to synagogue. Some temple, kind of practice mosque. that reminds you you're not the center of the universe. In fact, you're just a, a tiny, tiny fleck. You're tiny speck. The world, is, the, the universe existed long before you. It, <laughs> it will exist long, long after, after you. you. So just stop trying to... Can you tell we hear this a lot at our house? Our four-year-old has been hearing this a lot lately. Nothing ever leaves. So the, the idea there is is that... Uh-oh, he's got his Bill Clinton thumb out. <laughs> <laughs> I do not have sexual relations. So the idea is that we don't have that as a cultural grounding anymore, and what we do have are these, you know, crappy-ass, you know, Facebook memes or, or, or you know, Instagram and, and things that take us away from really conversing and, and really... You know, having these in-depth discussions where we have to rely on, okay, well, here's a quote from Socrates, and here's this, and here's this, and here's this, and that's why I think this. It's like, no, I saw this on Facebook, so I'm going to go along with it. <laughs> that's your mom's voice. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's your mom's voice. No, she was a speech teacher. I know. She Close was a public value. teacher. Uh, she almost taught me public speaking in college. That would have been Isn't that weird? Really strange. Very strange. I hated that class, but I made an A. I gave a great book one speech. Because my mom was not the teacher. No, it was Dr. She, Powers. She would have given you a C Dr. for Austin sure. Dr. Austin Powers. <laughs> yeah, baby. Uh, okay, so here's the other thing that I saw, though, as going back to the State of the Union, the part that I was awake for. So they opened the doors, and 
the little messenger person like pushes the little button, says, Madam um, Speaker, the President of the United States, or whatever. There were, there were a massive amount of white men before you ever saw a woman or a person of color. Yeah, and, and there's no hiding behind that. No. And Trump was joking about and that. And it was just like this wave. Uh, the chiefs of staff, sorry, not the president. The, the chiefs, chiefs of staff. They come in before the president does. Right. Okay, so this is what I was talking about, the chiefs of staff. And so I was just disheartened by the whole thing. It's like, oh, my gosh, like we've gone back, 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 back. Well, again, it's, it's not self declaring it's it's the marketing that you allow yourself to be well but i'm always the person in a religious setting that that you know you'll go to these places that say they're welcoming and affirming and then they have people who sit on platform or you know up in those chairs that are behind the pulpit and they're they're like all white males that is the pulpit and the the thing is a rostrum where you speak but they're all up on the pulpit or the dais. Well, actually, they at the church called it the platform, which tells you something, too, about their <laughs> belief about worship, right? Anyways, there's all these, like, white males. And I'm like, okay, like, optics here, people. What does this say? As you're, If you're coming in but, as a guest. And, you know, I'll put point this out. And people are like, why are you just so critical all the time? I'm like, I'm not critical. And, and it's that's, just that's the thing. like. That's, so that's what, that's what the. The Trumps or the Franklin Grahams. Yeah, why are you so critical? Why are are looking for? They want you to be upset about the identity politics of not having, you know, a person from Latino heritage and a a person who's. Well, don't do it like that. But if you don't have people in leadership that are these voices, then you don't have people making those decisions. But that doesn't matter. It's all about the implied identity, and they're they're baiting. They, I'm not saying they as in like this group of people. having come out of this, um, there's a really strong emotional attachment to owning the libs and getting them upset and having yep. people, you know, whatever. Oh, they're too emotional. They're too right. chaotic. Okay, so how do you... Look at those menstruating women being so emotional. Yeah. And that's what Donald Trump wants. When this you is see funny, this though, because cabinet. who, in our relationship, who would you say was more emotional? Well, I mean, obviously you, because you're a woman. Right. <laughs> right, that's how it's supposed to be. Yeah, no, no, I'm, I'm definitely more emotional than you. <laughs> I'm an INFP, I'm Enneagram 9.72. No, I don't know. You know, you have to say something, a number with wings is the Enneagram term. What does that mean? <laughs> I, I don't really, I've never said anything. Oh. I'm a seven with wings, is that what you say? No, a seven with an eight wing and a six wing. Well, obviously, like... I mean, can you be a seven with a two wing and a five no, wing? No, no. So you've got to be an eight with a nine wing and a seven wing. Well, you have to have a stronger wing. You only get one wing in the Enneagram. Okay. <laughs> um, I'm sorry. I'm, I'm sure it's great. I like Myers-Briggs. Stick with the classics. Richard Rohr. I mean, look, why did he unleash the whole Enneagram thing on us? <laughs> and, and people who put their Enneagram number in their Twitter bio. Really? Oh, but, no, but there are all these memes, and on Instagram, there are all these things like how your, to love a number. I'm gonna maybe I should send you those. How to love an Enneagram nine? Show love this way. I mean, you might need to read that because you're not very emotional. But you don't. We're gonna show you love. I do, but listen. Can you read that? You, you don't know your Enneagram, so you can't send me. How- I'm an INFP. So when when I was in high school, we had to take the Myers Briggs for something. My college counselor sat me down. She was like, so, uh, all right, you can either be a preacher or a teacher. Because that's the only thing. I was like, what? So now I got to college. You're going to care too much. This is your lot in life. Yeah, so I got to college, and first week of school, we had to take the Myers-Briggs. And I was like, oh, this is, 
know, such such bullshit. So I'm answering, you know, get to the end, and uh, meet with my advisor, and he's like, oh, INFP, so do you want to be a, a teacher or a preacher? <laughs> <I was> like, <laughs> ah. Which so, you've been both. Well, no, I'm a marketer, so it all works out. Exactly what you should have been. Okay, so what is your uh, what are your thoughts on the people who said I'm not watching the State of the Union? Woke Twitter was all about. I'm not watching it because it's not going to be true. It's going to be full of lies. I'm just not watching it at all. That's fine, but I mean, uh, for AOC didn't go. No, see, that's different. But she watched it. Oh, maybe I don't know. She did because she was responding to questions with in real time. So okay. That's two different scenarios. So yeah, I want you to home. answer both. Okay, so the people at home saying I'm not going to watch it because I'm, you know, Twitter, or, geez, Trump and Twitter, same thing. Uh, you know, Trump is terrible, whatever, and, and, you know, blah, blah, blah. I think you're you're missing out. I don't think you have to be responsive to Trump in order to watch the State of the Union. And I think it's a participatory thing. You know, Socrates, was it Socrates? What, what about the people who say they're triggered by that kind I, of rhetoric? I know, I'm going to get there. Okay. So I think Socrates... I forgot who said it. I know we got to wrap up here. Um, you know, the, the no, what was it? Plato. Might have been Plato. The um, the penalty for I'm trying to remember this in English and not Greek. The penalty for not participating in politics is having inferior men represent you. Ah. Which you know, ancient Greek democracy was a little different than our, our democracy, our republic democracy. But still, that that quote has always stuck with me. It might have been Socrates through Plato. Anyway, um, and, and that's certainly where we are now. So people are afraid or not willing to go into politics right. like they did at one time because it's seen as a dirty business or it's seen as you have to be Donald Trump or you're going to be milk toast, you know, plain mayo, Mayor Pete type thing, right? Um, or sleepy Joe Biden. But it's just a nasty business that no one wants to participate in. And I think you're really missing out on the need to participate. And you don't have to get worked up over it and there are ways to I'm, I'm not saying for people that get, they get seriously triggered like yes if you have you know anxiety or something like that then you know do what you need to do well and take it in in bits and pieces right maybe not watch the whole thing but you know inform yourself about what was said which participate in the process because I mean what can I say I fell asleep halfway through but yeah, I mean, but I mean you, were, you were trying to watch it <laughs> Or, you know, the, the debates, the same thing, like, oh, this is, you know, another debate. But yes, but at the same time, again, it, it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be what Donald Trump presents it as, which is, I mean, he, he basically just had a reality TV show with the, the you know, sorry, oh, yeah, yeah. the war and awkwardly met his family and the kids were all kind of like, who's this guy? Um, Let's that pass their bedtime, poor such kids. An awkward moment. Yeah. But, it did not go as they planned. It couldn't have. You know, you, I did see that one. We've all seen the Facebook videos where the, the dad walks in at the school gym and they're like, oh, you know, Staff Sergeant Harrelson is back from Iraq. And By the, way, know, the mom runs up and they're all crying. No, and, that's my worst nightmare. Like, somebody to hijack You my have emotions. no show emotion in public? Yes. Yes, I know that is your worst nightmare. So, Surprisingly. So on that side, I would say give, it, give, your, give yourself some space and give yourself some credence. And, and uh, give yourself some responsibility. But do you think you can totally disengage? No. No, of course not. Yeah. I mean, watch it through the lens that you need to watch it through, but realize... Or the time period. You, yeah. That yeah. your heart rate does not need to go up because a person that you might perceive as an inferior person is giving a speech that is very incendiary. But know that you need to participate. And whether that's making phone calls or calling your senator or running for office or running for the school board, that's how you beat 
autocrats is you start at the local level. You run for the school board. You run for county council. You run for. If you're wondering, Whatever. this this is about to be Sam's announcement that he's ready yeah. <laughs> for local politics. Thomas is going to be my, my chief of staff. He's moving to Columbia. We're going to run for school oh, board. Fine. Yeah, it's going to be great. That would be great to have them in Columbia again. Um, okay, so that's that. On the other side, it, yes, if, if I were in Congress, I would have not gone. Cause but you would have still, still watched it. Probably. Absolutely. You have to. I would have had an intern print out. This stuff. The transcript, yeah. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I can't, and then I, I would have torn it. Transcript. But, um, but the transcript is what's written by staff writers, so right? From, from, yeah. So it's got to be better. Well, yeah, I mean, he, there was an official transcript, and he went off track a couple of times, evidently. So who knows? That always, by the way, as someone who preaches pretty regularly, that always makes my heart palpitate because I'm like, oh my gosh, what if somebody had my manuscript and they were like following line by line to see like where I'd. I went off and where I was on. Yeah, but you don't really preach from a manuscript, so. I do. I know, but like you don't have one with you. Like, no, I don't. All in your head. No, it's written it's like every the, week. It's like the scroll of life in Ezekiel. No, it's written every week. I do have a manuscript. I just don't take my manuscript into the pulpit. So from a marketing rostrum. point of view. Rostrum. There you go. To the rostrum. It's in the pulpit, but it's you go to the rostrum in the pulpit. Except we don't have that at our church, so it doesn't matter, does it? Um, so with, uh, with that, I, I was yelling at the TV about... You know, when the uh, female Congress people stood up and they were doing the three. H3, H3 yeah. H3. And they're all white. All white. That what they should awesome. have done in solidarity is got up and walked out. That would have been a hell of a marketing statement. Right. So you don't walk out one by one. You get together. So it makes an impact. And right. it disturbs people. Because who, who was it? Some Presley or someone walked out. And she said that it was uh, when, when Trump was talking about Kavanaugh and how great he was. And that was triggering yes. for her. So she got up and walked out. Um, Tim Ryan got up and, and walked out from Ohio. It's, and then somebody got taken out. Well, that was a... Wait, taken out, not that way. <laughs> got escorted out, sorry. Like, sorry, 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 sorry. The Ukrainian ambassador. Yeah, like right, that, right, sorry. Um, the, oh, that is the term he used, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. But no, the, the, the protester who started uh, screaming, he, he started, he was an older white male, but he was upset because Trump said something about protecting the Second Amendment and how he was... Oh, yeah, and everybody applauded? And I, was I he believe, a senator? No, the, the person was a Parkland parent from Parkland <gasps> shooting, and he was invited by Pelosi to be what? here. And, uh, when no wonder! He, he wasn't planning to, to say anything, but when Trump went off on that for a couple of minutes, he just he was just, overcome, and that was triggering for him, which yeah. I totally understand that. I, I think he's a better man than me. To, I mean, know your audience, him. right? Golly. Yeah. So that's that's one for the history books. Mm. But, yeah. And we haven't even gotten to Mitt Romney and his speech about his faith. Yeah. So that's that's what I was going to say. Like faith this week has been. It's big in the political world, and everybody says, "Oh, faith and politics are separate." Mm. Not anymore. No. It's it's weaponized. More and more. I'm. You remember when I first was a pastor, and I wouldn't let anything political come out of my mouth. Oh yeah. Yeah. Ever. Like, even in personal conversations, I wouldn't. And, and that's what it said. It's like you can't lop off that, that part of your... And now lens. and now I'm a clergy on record having endorsed a political candidate. How about that? But you're also a clergy at a very politically active church, and you're seen as more of a conservative figure than any other clergy they've ever had. Well, they've only had two, so, I mean, come on. In interim, you know? Like, I mean, that, they've only had two, so come on. I think they think of you as, like... A Republican. I think they think of me as a centrist, <laughs> which mm-hmm. doesn't exist. So, yeah, they think of me as a Republican. I'm like, have you met my husband? Speaking of your church and, and centrism, 
so you you stole my thunder this week and my axe. You were so mad. Study. I wasn't mad. I was. Just, <laughs> it'd been a long day. I was tired. Like I had to watch the kids. Well, you got you, know, you got to go to. I got to go you, teach Bible favorite. study. No, those are my favorite. Anyway, so Mariana uh, usurped me this week and did uh, my Bible study. Uh, you said your Bible study on Acts four and five. Y'all know that sometimes we have to get a babysitter so that we can both teach because we bite, we rock paper scissor over who gets to teach Bible study on Wednesday night. Well, so I asked on, on like Tuesday or Wednesday morning, like, "Hey, am I doing Bible study?" And, and I said, "No." Said, no. <laughs> yeah, and I was like, "Because you okay. taught the last two weeks." Well, obviously, it's my turn. I am the pastor. I know Come on. Why, why does the pastor teach Bible study? That's a dangerous line to cross. Anyway, so Acts 4 and 5. <laughs> Says the person who just wants to teach all of Acts. I do. What, what did you say about Acts 4 and 5? And th- this is, give, give a summation. What, what's going on in this these two chapters? So we talked a lot about um, the language that, that appears, especially in Acts 4, about uh, healing and physical healing and how that is also a theme in, in Luke, the Gospel of Luke. We had the discussion again about whether we, why did we do the Gospel of Matthew before we did Acts? We should have done Luke. And then we kind of countered the belief that some people have that the Gospel of Luke was written by a physician. And so that was fun. And people were like, no, it was a physician. I was like, nah, it wasn't. See, this is why I need to be there. Why? I countered that. That's the that's the thing. So um, then we talked about some of the formulas that exist in Acts where... The next day? Huh? Did you point out the next day, which keeps happening, even in 4 and 5? No. <sighs> Remember my sermon was about the next day? Like, Yes. Yeah. I mean, I was in the nursery, so it was hard to hear everything. But but we talked about how there's a healing that goes on, and then, then, then Peter gives a sermon, and then they end up in jail, right? And then they tell them, quit telling... Quit teaching and preaching in this, um, and I. And then we talked about Ananias and Sapphira. Okay, but okay. that's a good one. And the church all sharing possessions, and they're all coming together. You know, this was my Linton study the whole of last year. I know. And so we're getting ready for Lent again, and so I was really excited to teach that one again. So Ananias comes back from the dead later and helps Paul find the faith. Is that the same Ananias? No, it's not. It's a different one. So I, I, I um, but it was like this. For people that, that don't know Acts 5, <clears throat> a man named Ananias, with the consent of his wife, uh, Sapphira, which I love, he has to get his wife's permission, <laughs> sold a piece of property. I like. His, I do like that, Again, too. with his wife's knowledge. <laughs> it's emphasized twice. He kept back some of the proceeds and brought only a part of it and laid it at the apostles' feet. An offering, right? So, yeah, he's got some property out in the country, sells it to a real estate developer, and uh, makes and, a pretty penny. Yeah, and knows he's got to go give some to the church, but he, you know, he's like, well, I'll, I'll keep a little bit back because, you know, I mean, I, I worked hard. That was my dad's property. You know, we farmed that for a long time. I, yeah, I live in the city, so I don't really need it. But you know, my kid's going to college this year, and so here is you're updating this. Up. I love it. So you know, I, I need to put a little bit in my 401k. Just you know, let it grow a little bit. Now I'll give it back to God. Ananias, Peter asked, "Why has Satan filled your heart to lie?" To okay, the Holy that's Spirit? not how I read it. Why has Satan filled your heart to, to lie back, to the Holy Spirit and to keep back part of the proceeds of the land? So Peter evidently knows apparently his, his accountant or something. Um, the well, stash he has. Yeah, he, he should have used like a an app. An app. Yeah. 
while it remained unsold and it did not remain your own, after it was sold, were not the proceeds at your disposal? How is it that you have contrived this uh, deed in your heart? So Peter's really pissed off here that he didn't bring the whole amount. The whole amount, right. You did not lie to us, but to God. Now, when Ananias heard these words, he fell down and died. <laughs> That's it. He just died. And great fear seized all who heard it. The young man came and wrapped up his body, then carried him out, and they buried him. Poor Ananias. Poor Ananias. Okay, here, I'll read the next part. After an interval of about three hours, his wife came in, not knowing what had happened. In my mind, it's like, did I just send him to the temple or, like, to the to, to Peter? Like, where is he? Man, that grocery trip has taken a long time. Exactly. Peter said to her, tell me whether you and your husband sold the lamb for such and such price. And she said, yes, that was the price. Then Peter said to her, how is it that you have agreed together to put the spirit of the Lord to test? Look, the feet of those who have buried your husband are at the door and they will carry you out. Immediately she fell down at his feet and died. When the young men came in and they found her dead, so they carried her out. (laughs) I want to, these young buried her beside her husband. In the it's like, really? You're, come on, Peter. Like, stop. And stop great that. fear sees the whole church and all. Yeah. So, so I told. I, here as well. I know. But I told them at Bible study we were going to do this. No, <laughs> the offering. Why has, the, why has Satan filled your spirit and you haven't brought everything? So then they get arrested. Well, it says now. Again, uh, but before we get there, verse 12. Now many signs and wonders were done among the people through the apostles. And Luke, there were many yes. signs and wonders that were done for the people through Jesus, right? So Luke here is connecting. We're Luke Acts, the author. I know we're going to wrap. And they were all together in Solomon's portico at the temple. Oh, we had a big discussion about Solomon's portico, too. What did y'all say? Well, we were trying to determine in chapter 3 whether the audience that Peter was speaking to was Jewish or... Jewish. It had to be there Jewish no because... Christian. They were, they're they, they were still Jewish. Yeah, they're in Solomon's portico. It's part of the temple. Yes. There, I mean, there were, there were so, Gentiles in Jerusalem so at the time. So what did you say the week before? Because people got confused about how they could be in the temple in Acts if the temple had already fallen. But you were <laughs> referencing that the Acts... This takes place in 33. <laughs> but you were taking... This is immediately after Jesus dies. Acts was written... There you go. Yeah, that's what I thought happened. Maybe 90s. Some people say later. I, I so hear the some timeline in the acts. Right. So this is looking back at yeah. Okay. So that's what I said. Decades before. And I was like, I so think the what Sam meant was, they're like, how can yeah, they be in the Sam temple was, if the temple destruction? Okay. <laughs> um, it's always fun when when either one of us teach and the other one has to come behind. So uh, all all that to say, the reason I wanted to talk about this, and as we wrap up here. The end, uh, we, we get the character of Gamaliel coming in to kind of defend. That's not how I said his movement. name, by the way, of course. I'm sure it wasn't. <laughs> Galileo. No. How did you say it? Gamaliel. Gamaliel. <laughs> Gamaliel. Gamaliel. Wait, do people know this? That yes. I mispronounce names you mispronounce all the time. Lazarus is my favorite. You say Lazarus, which sounds like an 80s metal Wait, band. I'm watching your mouth now. Say it again. The way to say it is Lazarus. Lazarus. With an S. You say Lazarus. All the time. You have a shibboleth. Do you know what the shibboleth was? No. You don't remember from, was it, gosh, uh, numbers. So in order to get into this part of Israel, uh, they were testing outsiders to make sure that they were true people of faith or whatever. Oh, did you have to do a pronunciation test? Because I would shibboleth, which... Shibboleth. Yeah, so the SH sound is not there for every language, right? 
So the people who they were trying to capture would say Sibboleth. And so there's Shibboleth. So people should know that every once in a while I go to Sam to practice pronouncing all the names and we get it good. And then I get into the pulpit on Sunday morning and it's... Yeah, you're like... He just laughs. In the book of Galatians... <laughs> that is not true. Okay, some other Stop things. Yelling. I'm not yelling. <laughs> I'm protesting. So Gamaliel is a Pharisee that kind of provides this like weird quasi... Uh, defense. Defense for, for the the people who are this troublesome little Jewish group over in the corner in the portico, the porch outside of the temple. So they want to kill Peter. Well, yeah, they're like, this guy, you know, let's get rid of him. We got rid of his, his master. And Gamaliel basically says, like, look, we've had troublesome people before, and we've killed them, or we've sent them to prison, but they really didn't do much. Like, their, their movements didn't produce anything. So with this group, let's try a new strategy. It reminds me of The Good Place. Yeah. Like, Gamaliel's kind of like the demon who's like, you know, I mean, these humans, let's try a different way to torture them. So uh, Gamaliel here says, let's, you know, if if this movement is of God, it will develop, you know, based no, on No, if God's it is will. of human, right, it, it, will, it will phase out. Phase out. It right. will fizzle out. If it's of God, we'll be countering God. Right. So we got to let Let's this... not fight against God. Exactly. Um, so Gamaliel says this, and uh, da 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 Yeah, so uh, there it goes. Verse 36, for some time ago... Uh, Theudius rose up, claiming to be somebody, and a number of men, about 400, joined him. So, we're, But we're, he was we're killed, and it wasn't the people, who, it wasn't the council who killed him. Right, he was killed, for all who yeah. followed him were dispersed and disappeared after him. So we're, we're getting these uh, re- recollections. or like 50 years rabbis. later, of first century rabbis yeah. or teachers who were... Who had following stuff, like yeah. Which we knew they were out there. And, but we get their names here. Yeah, and it's super interesting. Uh, because, like, Judas the Galilean was a real historical figure that we know a lot about, or we know some about, more than Jesus. After him, Judas the Galilean rose up at the time of the census and got people to follow him. He also perished, for all who followed him were scattered. So in the present case, I tell you, keep away from these men and let them alone, because if this plan is, or if this undertaking is from humans, it will fail. If it's God's plan, you will not be able to overthrow them, which is my argument about MAGA and, and Trump. Mm. You know, if it's Don't God, fight against I'm it. Kidding. Oh. <laughs> um, but the, the group of Pharisees were convinced by him, and they said, oh, okay, well, all right, we'll, we'll, we'll let them. So they flogged them and then sent them back. They didn't kill them, but they flogged them. But we all think that there is this ecosystem in the first century in Jerusalem or in Israel, Palestine, where, you know, Jesus pops up out of Nazareth, and he's oh, a great yeah, teacher, no, and you're yeah, like, yeah. how could you not follow him? He's saying these great things. Because there were a lot of people following there a lot of people. Lots and lots of people, and there were people after Jesus, like Apollonius, who were out there who were claiming to be the Messiah. It was a very common thing. There were lots of Jewish missionaries. Uh, miss- I can't talk Messianic? Now. There were lots of, well, Messianic, but also missionary figures. Oh. Into the first, second, third centuries, we have recollections of Jewish missionaries who were going out mm. um, just like the apostles were. This did not happen in a vacuum. Right. You know, Jesus and the apostles were not the only group out, out there and spreading it wasn't a new that message all about th- Judaism. And it wasn't that uncommon for a rabbi or a teacher to say, come follow me. Right. I mean, Judas the Galilean surpri- yep. had the name Judas, and he's from Galilee, just like Jesus. <laughs> you know, <laughs> It's so. really close. So then going to 41, as they left the council, they rejoiced that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor for the sake of the name. I have to tell you something that that was one of my favorite verses growing up. As they left the council, they rejoiced. 
that they were considered worthy to suffer dishonor. Oh, that's exactly what we're talking about. That was the, yes, that was the evangelical, like, actually, if people are persecuting you, then you're in God's God's will, right? So every time you persecute, I'm using air quotes, you can't see, but every time you persecute, I'm sorry, every time you persecute somebody from that, like, that only reaffirms what they already believe. Yep. So we brought it back around. That was pretty good. That was good of us. I know. All right. Well, if, if you want to... Do you feel like you got to teach Bible study now? No. No. If you want to hear oh. more, um, of course, links are all in the show notes for stuff we discussed. If you want to read up on the prayer breakfast, go watch the Also uh, stay the tuned because Sam's preaching again. What is that? T minus eight days. Eight days. Okay, great. Not this Sunday, but next. Yeah, I was just making sure it wasn't this Sunday. That would, that would be bad. <laughs> what, what's today, Friday? <laughs> Yeah. Um, that would be bad. Yeah. I'll, I'll get to work on that. So, uh, when's that? Oh, Patreon.com slash thinking religion. Uh, what else? Anything else before close out? No. No. We are going to do a giveaway. Are you going to do a prayer or something? <laughs> like, you have your hands in a prayer. That's how I end Bible study. Oh. But we won't oh, do I see. Yeah, you start with a prayer and you end with a prayer. Oh, my goodness. Yes, we are going to do a giveaway. We are debating between ourselves about what that giveaway should be. So go to Patreon. Make sure you register so you can get the very good present. Very good present. That's that's what we're going to call it, the very good present, the BGP. (laughs) All right.